Hey, and welcome to episode 19 of Who Writes This Stuff, a podcast old enough to go to college, but still lives with its parents because of lame campus housing laws. My name is Nick Flora, and I'm coming to you from Pentaberet Studios here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Today's show is a fun one, so I hope you uh, have your fun things that you listen to fun things with uh, present and available. I've been a fan of comedy and uh, stand-up comedy in particular since I was a kid. I've talked a little bit about that on the show previously. Um, And one of the reasons I started this podcast in the first place was inspired by a few of my favorite stand-ups who had started podcasts and did interesting things with them. And uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, then you know I'm a creative person and I'm a fan of creative people that are doing cool creative things in the artistic community. Uh, so in one of my favorite forms of creative expression is stand-up comedy. And uh, being a musician, I knew I'd have endless access to musicians and songwriters, especially living in Nashville. Um, you can kind of go down the street and just pull one off the street and uh, they'll talk to you. But uh, I thought it'd be interesting to challenge to, to uh, get some actual full-time working stand-up comics on the show from time to time if I had that chance and uh, talk about their experiences, influences, and writing process, etc., so it finally happened. Uh, I, I tried for months, actually, since I started this thing to get a comic on the show, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, but I booked my first comedian on the show. Uh, her name is Nikki Glazer, and uh, she lives in New York and and tours the country. Uh, some of you might know her from the NBC reality show Last Comic Standing or uh, The Tonight Show, or she has a hilarious podcast on her own uh, called You Had to Be There. Uh, I actually just started listening to her podcast earlier this year, and it quickly became one of my favorites. Uh, it's her and, and co-host Sarah Schaefer, who used to work for Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, and uh, they're obviously friends. And just having this, they have an open, candid, fun conversation, and they bring a guest in every time and have a musical guest and uh, and sit around and be funny, and it's great. I really highly enjoy it and uh, and recommend it. Um, so while Nikki was in town for a few days uh, doing shows with Polly Shore, yes, Polly Shore, uh, she was nice enough to come on the show. So uh, now that you're all up to speed, let's listen to my talk with comedian Nikki Glazer. So, Nikki Glazer. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Good. We already had, we're having a fake conversation right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm gonna move this. Um, welcome to Nashville. Thank you. How have you been enjoying Nashville? I I always enjoy it here. Um, oh, it's good. how many times have you been here before? It's like my sixth oh, time, okay. my fifth or sixth okay. time. And I usually like I usually fly in, and so I don't have a car, so I don't get oh, to explore yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. But this time I have a car, so I'm. I mean, I still haven't explored that much, but yeah. I, uh, but usually I'm just like stranded by the condo that they put me up in right. and I kind of can just walk to. How is that? The How is the general. condo? It's nice. Here. As is far it... as condos go, super nice. But they're not going to listen to this. You can. No, okay. I'm, okay. I'm being honest. Because I, I've heard it's so... the only reason I really come back here because I mean, I, <laughs> for the condo. I mean, because they're not headlining me. I'm not making it much money this weekend, but okay. the, the condo's nice. I like the staff. I like the shows, and I like the town, so... But yeah, the condo is essential to be nice, and uh, if 
I'm not gonna yeah. be in a hotel. I'd like that condo. Right. It's it's they keep it clean and because I've heard rough things nice. about the comedy condos. Oh yeah, I'm in the movie I Am Comic. If you see yeah. that, yeah, huh? and that's a, a example of a subpar really? condo. Yeah, okay. I mean that isn't that one wasn't as bad as they can be, but that one was not. I mean it's not fun staying at those right. I'd much rather be in a hotel it's much safer I mean there's enough stuff over there that I can get by if I don't have a car and right. my car is breaking down right now so uh, I might just have to stay here okay yeah we'll accept you okay how, you. how have the shows been because you've done how many have you done now uh, two, four. Two four. four we've done four because okay. we had one Wednesday one Thursday and two last night they've been great last night was packed Mm-hmm. Polly Shore brings them in. Oh yeah, because you. you are. Are you middling or I'm are you middling okay. for Polly Shore? The weasel. The weasel. Does and he does he work the weasel into his act? Yes, I mean like people are just like shouting it the whole time he's on stage, and so okay. he gives them what they want. And he gives them a little bit of the wheeze. Uh, but how is Polly Shore? He's cool. I genuinely, want, I just. I mean, he'll never hear this. I can be no, real honest. He's, he's you know he's it. kind of a diva, kind of like he's he's been a star for over 20 years now yeah. like he grew yeah. up at the comedy store he has just like a weird because his mom runs the comedy yeah, store yeah Mitzi Shore and she and started she, the comedy store she was determined to make I, I just hear the stories like she was determined to make her kid before she had a kid like I'm gonna make my kid be a comedian yeah and, and so, so he it's had kind of a famous story. He's but. kind of like, and that's that's interesting you say that because it does seem like he's doing stand up begrudgingly. Like he's not real. Like I yeah. mean, I know he loves it because he grew up, in, but it seems like it's just he's doing it. Like he yeah. family's really important to him. Like I was talking to him backstage, and he was like, "Man, I'm just stressed about family stuff." I'm like, it's just weird to hear like Polly Shore being. He's like, uh, of all the things that could be going on in his life, he's just I know. like, just family. So he's he's a sweet guy at heart, but he's like hard to get to know. And like, you know, yeah. it's very like on the surface conversations that I have with him. But he's well, sweet. Are you so, on a diet? Yeah. What diet? Long, short, long story short, and I just posted a picture. This should be the name of the podcast. Long, long story, story short. short. I, yeah. You've told right. two so far. Get into it. <laughs> well, no, I just posted a picture on Facebook because two Thanksgivings ago, I was 40 pounds heavier. Wow. And I lost, I actually lost. 30 pounds last year and 10 pounds this year. So, and for that, a lot of people have been asking me whatever, but like, that's kind of why I couldn't quit soda completely. Yeah. So I'm just like on the, on the pansy diet drinks. Yeah. I I love them. (laughs) They're so bad for you though. Oh, they're still not great. But, uh, you know, and and I lean cuisines, which apparently that's not good for you either, but it's worked. Totally salty. But yeah, I mean, it's just limiting your calories and burning. And and I have like, they have like those websites where you can like log in. Yeah. Exactly. And it tells you like how many calories you're supposed to be eating. But, but the page they don't show you, if you post around on it there's a page where it shows you that just shows you your caloric intake yeah like all the other stuff like sodium levels and all that oh, stuff. Your cholesterol it's off the, off charts. the charts if you yeah. just stick to diet stuff like frozen diet single meals like you're so oh like, yeah the sodium they, is crazy oh my gosh it's insane so have you had experience with that with with like dieting and trying to oh yeah go, well okay. i mean i you I, seem I, to know what i was talking about so totally i have an eating disorder past that just plagued me still i mean really? like i don't i definitely like in high school and stuff i was i had uh you know diseases problems with it but now i mean like being in hollywood you have to completely always watch your weight but you're in new york it's something that yeah i mean uh, that's what that's a good point i mean, I mean hollywood, hollywood like, like the, the system being yeah you the kind system, of are in the system so you okay. kind of have to but i mean as a comedian i feel a little bit more free to be whatever i want well, you're but, on you stage know. every you know like yeah let's say four times a week mm-hmm. in front of largely overweight people 
for the most part, eating yeah. chi- even nachos and chicken wings. I know. So you gotta feel kind of good about yourself. Yeah, I especially do. being in the South and the Midwest. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap. I know. Like, I, I lived in the South and the Midwest my whole life, and I, you know, I surrounded by fat people. Surrounded. I know. I was one of them. Uh, like, yeah, and you I, used I to got be. out. <laughs> you got out. You're never out. going back. Yeah, but it what's depressing like a yeah the, forty frame forty pounds in your frame would be oh you'd man be a hefty boy yeah oh yeah and I wear I wore it all in my gut in my face so it was very oh. very that's the worst uh, yeah I, I, it goes straight to my face too it's not fair oh, so do you hate like skin, skinny faced fat people yeah like because I feel like that's the most important I mean yeah, I guess it, no it totally is I, you know especially in like a like performance type business like yes uh, career. headshots. Freaking, I don't ever have to do that, thankfully. But, but yeah. Not but, really headshots. Sure. And thankfully, and, like, it's always the skinny dudes that are, like, up there playing guitar, and then they get off stage and, like, oh, you have a gut. You were hiding with that guitar. Like, uh, there are, mus- like, musicians fluctuate a lot. Like, I used to be obsessed with Dave Matthews, and he yeah, was, he's always going up and down. Yeah, you're right. If you look at that early, I mean, I, he was... Early, pretty, he was skinny. He was skinny bones. I mean, even, like, uh, I mean, I know he was probably, like, 21 or something then. Yeah, but, yeah. But he was, he was super skinny... And uh, he and and that was the time when everybody wore over oversized shirts. Yeah, <laughs> that's is, so true. Which is funny. So like now it'd be weird if he was wearing an XXL shirt. You but know. he probably would fit. In, no, I think now no, he looks pretty good. He, but in the like er, early two thousands, he was kind of big. And yeah, sweaty. in the busted stuff era. But oh, oh my God, he looked busted. <laughs> yeah, it was the busted stuff era. It was. Oh my God, I still love him though. Yeah, I, I would still do. I would still hit it. Well, yeah, it's Dave Matthews. Oh my God, Who there's wouldn't? something incredibly. It's embarrassing to admit. It's like diet drinks sometimes. Okay. People are so mean about Dave Matthews. I, when did this happen? I don't know. I, I talked to somebody on a on an earlier podcast about this, and they were under the impression that he was always lame. And I was like, no, no. <sighs> I think See, he I was, don't know. I think people have always hated There's been a, a sect of people that have always hated him and thought they I were too think cool for him. I think it it's the case of like people hate like to hate on the fans of the people because yeah. they're such a stereotype totally. of fan. Uh, same way with John Mayer. Like I feel like John Mayer gets a bad. Well, John Mayer he did it to himself the past oh, couple he years. Did. Yeah. But before that, I feel like his fans kind of he got like the the drop off. Dave Matthews fans like he got a, a few drips of those those dudes totally. too. Totally. And like, I I fell music. onto that man. I was I love John Mayer. Me too. I really got into him. I still do. I oh I still am big fan. I'm, I have to ignore him as a person and just kind of. I I I met him for the first time the other night. When did that happen? At the other the night. Cellar. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Was he performing? No, he was just he just hangs he out does, there, he but does he does stand do stand up here and there. But uh, no, he was just hanging out because he's like friends with a lot of uh, those guys that uh, go up there. Yeah. And so I walked in, he was just sitting at the back table, and I was just like, "Keep it cool." Did you go meet cool. him? Yeah, I mean, I, the everyone hangs at the comedy cellar uh-huh. when you're working there. Everyone kind of like hangs out at this back table in the back of the room. And it's like a who's who. I mean, yeah. it's it's. I'm very intimidated most nights going back there and seeing like you know who's. That's, that's, where, that's where like uh, Colin Quinn. Yeah, like, exactly. Tell and like yep. those, yeah. those dudes. And, like mm-hmm. Lu, Lu, I mean, it's very prominent now in Louis show. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's kind of. Uh, there are all these guys who are kind of like more gruff and really intimidating. Even like a, like. David Cross is kind of in that crew. I don't know if he's in yeah, LA. Yeah, I haven't seen him there, but yeah, I think he's you're in right. LA, but uh, but like right. for a long time that was kind of his. There, like those types of guys where you're like, 
I, I don't know if I'd be able it's to talk It's like, to it's the cool table. Yeah. And it was, um... And John Mayer hangs out back there? He does. I, ju- I just got passed at the Comedy Cellar uh, a couple months ago, and so I've been working there a lot. But it was it's just very intimidating every time I go there. Like, you know, because it's like, I'm on the same show as Dave Attell and Colin yeah. Quinn, and st- so it, it's just, like, mind-blowing that I'm working there. But yeah, that I walked crazy. another night, and I was like, who's that dude? And then I was like, oh my... <laughs> Oh my yeah. god! Oh yeah, my yeah, god! Yeah. In my head, I'm just like, stay cool, stay calm. <laughs> um, I met him once before, and I was super drunk, so I didn't really remember it mm-hmm. all that well. It was one of those times where I was like, God, did why is that so hazy to me? I think that I was trying, I was doing the thing where it was like with celebrities, where you just try to act like you're not in- oh, impressed by them. You kind of have to. So I think I was pr- probably being kind of a dick, and then he. Because what's the opposite was, of that? Be- making a total fool yourself, right? And because being what annoying. am I going to tell him? Hey, when I was at a concert, t- you know, in 2001, I stole your water bottle off stage and drank it with my friends, and we we acted like we made out with you because we got your backwash. <laughs> am I going to tell him that? Because that's true. I, I used to be obsessed with John Mayer. Like, yeah. The first time I saw him, I saw him open for Guster. I, it was like my first date. And uh, he played My Body is Wonderland, which I had never heard. And I just remember it, the song was playing and the guy I was with like leaned in and whispered in my ear. He goes, this song is about sex. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I had never even kissed anyone and I was hearing that this kid, this song is about sex. Like yeah, um, and it's the most blatant. It's like the that song is so stupid. Yeah, I mean it's good. I think and he it's knows catchy. those songs. Oh, too. he definitely. Yeah. I would think he the bubblegum tongue line no, no, makes no, no, me no, no, want to no. vomit. No, no, no. Counting Crows. I yeah. feel like I the I complete the tribe. Those are like my three favorite people. I love Counting Crows, up. and and you can talk to anybody oh, in this I town. I got another one for you too. Uh, you can talk to anybody about Counting Crows in this town, and they and they'll go nuts until you get past a certain point. It's like Weezer. Yeah. It's like the Shrek like, soundtrack. Oh, that's when you're like, oh, oh, God, that song was. I saw Cannon Crows with, on that album when and John Mayer opened, which is really? really weird. Oh, and God, I, that's so I had a friend good. who was like, who won front row passes to John Mayer, didn't give a crap about uh, Cannon Crows, and let me go up front with her pass. Awesome. And it was me with a bunch of like. Uh, Real Housewife uh, type chicks yeah. watching Cannon Crows and uh, and I was just like like completely squished between these drunk 40 something women and uh, he, he Adam Durth came to the front of the stage and was like you know how he just kind of acts drunk and mm-hmm. might be probably on something while he's stumbling around stage mm-hmm. when he plays and there's a point where he saw me and like everybody's clapping along or whatever and I'm just like scrunched up like kind of mouthing the words along singing like I love it because they've been my one of my favorite bands forever yeah and he just look too. he just looks at me and like gives me like a oh sorry dude. man and like laughs and like the other guys on stage kind of see it too and laugh and I was like worth it their concert like I think that was one of the best concerts I ever went to it was Counting Crows in like 2002 or something yeah uh, yeah yeah they, I love them, and I, I touched Adam Duritz's ha- dress. <laughs> I, I just wait. Is it real? Like, Are they real? Arrest them. I think they're real. I, th- I hadn't heard. Maybe of they're not. But how could they be fake? I don't, I don't understand how they'd be fake. You would have thought of something. But some he gave me a just... look like, get the fuck off. Like, really? Who the, but I, I shouldn't have been. Oh, you touched him. There. Oh, never mind. Yeah, it's like I would <laughs> do the same to Whoopi. <laughs> Wait, I would. He, wait, he might be Whoopi. Mm, have we explored this at all? No. I mean, they haven't made an album since mm-hmm. she's been on the View. <laughs> let's go. Let's go there. I do miss. The, I lo- I. I had to stop following him on Twitter though because he too. is obnoxious. The same way with Weezer. 
I just can't do it. Who was the fourth one? You said there was a fourth one. Bare Naked Ladies. I love Bare Naked Ladies. I too. love them. I just got back into them, <laughs> uh, trying to memorize one week just the rap parts. You're not gonna have any friends if they ever listen to this. I love texting. I feel like people are getting lazy about it though, like with grammar and spelling. And you know, so like I got a text from my friend the other day and he had meant to say, how are you, my friend, right? But he forgot the comma in the middle of it. So to me it was just like, how are you, my friend? And I was like, whoa, dude. It's a loaded question for a Wednesday afternoon. But yeah, I had to stop following him. He's so obnoxious. He's obnoxious. And it's one of those things where you always, you're kind of like, yeah, he's probably egomaniac. You know, he's probably pretty narcissistic. And then you give somebody with that level of narcissism Twitter account, and then it's just gone. Same with John Mayer, but John canceled his account. I know. He got in a lot of, he got in a lot of trouble. He did, because he was just saying stupid stuff. I mean. Can you imagine tweeting something and then showing up in Rolling Stone and they talk about it on The View? I know. That would be terrible. Yeah. Today I tweeted that Herman Cain's wife looked like Mr. Peepers, and then someone called me racist. A comedian (laughs) called me racist because Mr. Peepers is a monkey, and I forgot. I didn't think about that. I didn't know. I just thought Mr. Peepers was like a human. I thought Chris Catan when he said that. I was That's like, That's okay. what I thought. First of all, I thought Corky Romano, and then I Googled Corky. I was like, that wasn't quite it. And then Mr. Peepers, it was just the haircut in the ears. Right. And then I go, is the ears a black monkey? Oh my like, gosh, is that that's a. That's kind of bad. You I was, can't. It was yeah. really bad. And so Did I took it, it. I wrote the guy, and I was like, thank you. I'm, I'm totally racist, clearly. <laughs> but I was like, I didn't even realize that that character was a monkey. And like, I, it wasn't in my head. But it doesn't matter that it wasn't in my head. It's it's the, what the issue. I mean, it right. is a fact. But it was her hairstyle mostly. But I okay. still, I, okay. I I I was burned by Twitter today. I haven't been on since. I felt like really like, yeah. oh no, I said something racist. I often take That's, really yeah. big shots at the Kardashians that are mean. That I would be embarrassed if it got back to them. Yeah. It's just a it's a guilty pleasure. But I'm not. I don't. I'm not guilty about it. it it's. I'm not alone. Is there anything that you're, like, guilty about? Mm, yeah, but you're... I probably wouldn't talk about it. Well, I know, I know. We don't have to go into the specifics, no, 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 but yeah. there is, like, you are very open and candid on stage. Yeah. And, like, as a comedian, most comedians are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, like, on your podcast, you and Sarah are extremely open yeah. and honest with things. And I'm like, wow, is there any kind of repercussions from that? Like, what... I know. So do you, are, do you really just, at this point, are you like, who cares? I just feel like as long, like, if I don't, if I put it all out there, then no one can ever, like, call me a liar or, like, I'm not hiding any... I don't like to hide anything. Like, yeah. I'm, But, I mean, there are things that I totally keep to myself that I will never tell anyone that are completely embarrassing. You know, right. like, obvious shit like that. But, uh, but no, I feel like... Uh, but I don't feel like... I don't... I really hate overshare. Oversharing. When it, like, where you're like, okay, that's just gross and no one relates to that. Like, I've done that yeah. before. And that's a... Yeah. The risk you take on stage is, like, saying th- something... That you hope is relatable, and then when no one relates to it, it's like, that's the loneliest feeling in the world. It yeah. A lot. And then I just never say that thing again on stage. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll keep that to myself. But do you ever think, like, maybe that was just the wrong audience for that? Maybe, like, tomorrow night's audience or the, yeah, or the late show will get it? I know. They're okay. <laughs> I try it probably a couple times. Okay, okay. But I was just wondering. Yeah, there's... I, I, I pretty much, yeah, There, I talk about anything. And it's funny, my dad recently... Because when I was starting out, I would just say really awful stuff that wasn't even true because I didn't when I first started stand-up I hadn't had sex I was really right. kind of sheltered and when did you start how old were you having sex uh no um <laughs> 21 no I started Both. comedy when I was like 18 okay so I That's you know young. I didn't have any life experience so I would just like say really terrible things that like 
that I wasn't doing. Like, I would talk about sex. It would be, like, in direct contrast to, like, what people... Because when people see you walk out as any kind of performer, they automatically put a stereotype yeah. on what that person is. So if you start saying things that are against that, was that kind of your thinking? Like, yeah, it was I'm just gonna... kind of like, I just want to shock them. Because, I mean, I do a joke about it now, but I, it's just, I found that getting groans was easier than getting laughs. Oh. And it, you know, I would rather have groans than silence, so I just went but for But groans that. are usually, like, followed by nervous laughter. Yeah, they totally oh. are. So there's, like, a mixture of it, where you're just, like, people, you know. I offended a lot of people when I first started out, and I regret some of the things I said on stage, but, you know. What made you, what made you start comedy in the first place? Uh, I was just, I went to college. I kind of reinvented myself when I went off for my freshman year. Okay. So, because you're from uh, St. Louis, mm-hmm. and you moved, where'd you go to college? I went to University of Colorado my fir- first year, okay. and then I transferred to uh, University of Kansas. But okay. I went to um, University of Colorado, and I went by myself. I I had come up in high school with, like, a huge, funny group of girls that were, like, they were all funnier than me, in my opinion, and still are. But, um, and then I went off to school by myself, and I, I, I relate it to, like, now this is gonna get a little deep, but I don't want no, it to. Um, it's okay. But I think this is why I became a comedian. I wanna know. Like, uh, well, I, I touched on it before. I had anorexia when I was, my senior year of high school, I got it, and I dropped, like, 60 pounds in two months. Like, I just stopped eating. Wow. And so I was, like, a skeleton when I went to college. I lied to everyone, convincing everyone I was ready to go off to school, when I really wasn't. I should have been in a fucking hospital. But it worked out. But I went to school, and I was so... I looked like I would gotten out of a concentration camp. Like, I looked alarmingly thin. But to make friends, I would just, like, try to have a bigger personality than my... Uh, you know, outside appearance, right. which I think a lot of, that's why a lot of fat kids are really funny. It's like, Absolutely. I'm going to make the joke before yeah. you do. And so <clears throat> when I went to school, I was suddenly like this, you know, really, I was just trying to be as funny as possible constantly. So people wouldn't worry about me or be like, Oh, well, she's okay. Part. She's making jokes. Totally. And it worked. <laughs> I mean, I had my friends la- years later were like, we had no idea. I mean, like w- they were like, when we first saw you, it was like really scary, but like, s- we forgot that you were even sick because you were so, like, full of, like, oh, it character. Def- and it deflected it. Yeah, okay. and it to- so it totally worked. But, be- so I got better eventually, but um, I I was I was funny. I, I mean, I've always been funny, I guess, but, uh, and I grew up watching Conan. Like, I feel like I really, like, my dad got me into good comedy early yeah, on. Yeah, are your parents funny? Yeah, my, yeah, they're okay. both, they have a great sense of humor, and they just exposed me to, to like, the right stuff. Yeah. Um, like, I... Conan for me was like when I found him, I was just like, "Oh, my God, yeah. this is what I want to do." Like, and then when, so I went to school and people kept telling me like you should be a stand-up comic, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like trying to maybe be a sitcom writer. I was thinking yeah. maybe that's what I'll do. Because what was your major? Uh, it was. Or whatever. I was trying to do theater, but mm. I'm, I'm a shitty actress. Or like I just I'm I'm okay. okay, but I don't care enough about it to be really yeah, good. You you have to commit. You really do. Yeah. It's like a fucking art. <laughs> Who knew? No, it's not, but... Yeah. <laughs> they think it is. Yeah. So it's okay. Oh, we have to get into that later about actors and actresses after oh, it's who coming I saw. Up. Okay. Um, but so, yeah, so my friend Emily, I just remember her walking in my room one day, my dorm room, and she was like, you need to do this, and she had like a paper with her, and it was like this stand-up showcase. I remember it was called a stand-up showcase. On, on campus? On campus. Okay. And she was like, you need to do this. And I was like, I don't... Think. She was like, you're doing it. You're... I'm like, well, no one else can do it now because you stole the flyer. Like, I will be the only one doing this. <laughs> so I still have the flyer, actually. And so I just went 
it was during finals time, like, everyone was studying for finals, so I went to, like, the, they opened up our dorm cafeteria so people would study, and I went in there, and I would just, it was the first time I sat down and started writing jokes, and I was just, like, looking around and uh, thinking Who did you kind of model, like... Sarah Silverman. Okay, that's what I was I mean, I wasn't even, I didn't even watch stand-up growing up, really. I remember, I have brief, if I really dig, I can remember my parents watching, like, The Tonight Show and seeing, like, George Wallace and, like... You know, I grew up on SNL, but I did not stand up. Like mm. I never. Uh, Wendy Liebman, she was oh, someone yeah. that I remember. My dad, like, re- there was one joke of hers that I remember. My parents like always loved, and I just it was and it totally influenced the way I do comedy now. She goes, "Guys, I quit smoking crack," and it's felt like she does that thing yeah. where she adds the one yeah, thing you, to the yeah, head, and I do that. Uh, it's uh, you know she originated that, and it's. But so yeah, Wendy Lehman. But then I I started doing my research, and when I was like, "What am I supposed to do for this?" and I saw Sarah Silverman, and was just like, "Oh yeah. my God, this it all makes sense." I was like, because she not only was like telling jokes that were like my favorite jokes of anyone that I was watching, but she was also like this beautiful, awesome, badass chick, and um and so for the first two three years I was just kind of writing like what would Sarah Silverman write I yeah, literally you, you ha- I mean you kind of have to do that before you find your own you, do. Like, you know footing and as a musician it's the exact same way you think the yeah exact same way. you just because I think that w- eventually we become our influences like we take from all these different and like, that's have, where you, it's crazy thank god for it because then you, you take something that you, you then you bring your own thing to it so yeah I was but when I started out I would just sit and think and go what would Sarah Silverman write right now yeah because I didn't have any opinions or you know I was so yeah. young I didn't have yeah. any life experience to really pull from typos happen that that's the worst you slip of a finger you can send the opposite message you want to send someone that happened to me. I was out to drinks with my friend's uh, ex-boyfriend. Just friendly drinks. I hadn't seen him in a while. But she found out somehow. And I get a text from her. And she's like, don't fuck him, smiley face. And, uh, and I was like, oh, okay. And so I wrote back, you know, I won't, haha. Uh, but I forgot the T on the won't. So to her, it was just like, I won, haha. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> Yeah, I did the showcase in Colorado, and I got off stage, and I was like, I called my dad, and I was like, I want to quit school. This is what I want to do. Like, it was just, it was yeah. that moment where you're like... What were your parents kind of thinking when... My dad was, like, crying on the phone, because he, they helped, my friends held up the phone for him to hear me. Oh, that's time. awesome. So he was, like, he was, like, really emotional, because uh, I did well. And, yeah. uh, you know, as most comedians do. Well your first time, first time on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because everybody wants to come and see you. Yeah, and otherwise you wouldn't keep doing it because right. you're always chasing that first time yeah. no matter how bad it gets. It's like, like meth. Yep, it's totally like <laughs> I mean, meth. That's not even a joke. Uh, no, it uh, is. <laughs> it's total, I don't know. I, would, I don't think I could ever quit it. But um, And so, yeah, I went back home for the summer and then I did. I enrolled in a comedy class at the St. Louis Funny Bone and I met a bunch of people through that and learned like the basics of stand-up, mm-hmm. take the microphone out of the stand and Try then move it, it behind you it. you know like the and they taught me kind of how to, how to write and focus in on premises and stuff and then oh that's really good it was good people shit on comedy classes but I found it a great way to you know meet there's always something you can network. glean out of it like totally yeah I mean this, I think this was like $300 and it was over like six weeks so it was like a good deal yeah the, the, you know Kyle Steese yeah. is running one with thousands of dollars yeah. that I think I wouldn't recommend you do yeah I've sorry heard, Kyle I've heard rough things about yeah. that he listened uh, to this too yeah <laughs> um 
somehow I wouldn't be that shocked if he did. Uh, if he, like, found, scoured the podcast for his name. Um, I don't even know how that would translate. I'll, no, t- I'll tag I, him in the iTunes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, so, yeah. Then I, and then I kind of, I went to school in Kansas. And I kind of took a year off. I was like, do I really want to do this? I was scared to go back on stage. I think, a year off from comedy? Yeah, okay. I kind of, because I, I, I took the class. And then I did a couple open mics. And it just wasn't, I was just like, I was scared to do it. And I didn't have a car at school, so I didn't have a way of going to Kansas City. I was going to school in Lawrence, Kansas, which is 45 minutes away from Kansas City. So, um, and so, but then the next summer I took the comedy class again. And then from there on out, like from 2005. 2005, so six years. Yeah. Basically. Mm -hmm. You've done really well for yourself. Yeah. A lot of people do, like, you know, twice as that long and don't get as far as you've gotten. I mean, I know probably, I need to hear that probably from your, you, I mean, and this is purely from, I am a spectator as far as like, I mean, I, I love comedy and I've been into it since I was a kid and the, the whole podcast realm has really opened up. Hasn't it? <clears throat> it's amazing. And it's one of those things where like, I would just, I found it accidentally like three years ago looking for, I was looking for a Zach Galifianakis record. Like, does he have an album? And I looked it up on iTunes and found a Sound of Young America with Jesse Thorne. Oh, yeah. And then he opened... I mean, he interviewed every comedian that I'd ever liked and introduced me to new ones, and then from there, it kind of got... Went off. Yeah. But Who are your favorites? Favorite podcasts or comedians? Uh, let's do comedians. Um, and then podcasts. Because I'm, like, like, I'm a big fan, too. It's one of those things where... Um, I get, you know, you have you have your all-time favorites, the, and, and those tend to be the ones sure. that I got into mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. So, like, the... I remember being in a band. Try, I remember being in a band like ten years ago and making my bandmates on tour listen to Mitch Hedberg mm-hmm. and uh, Brian Regan, like yeah. old Brian Regan. Those are and then, two of my uh, And then it just kind of branched off. Like I found when I found like Paul F. Tompkins and uh, Love. Dave, I got into David Tell mm-hmm. through Insomniac. It was seriously like Comedy Central. Like did a lot of stand up. Yeah. When I started getting into it. Yeah. Like stand up, stand up, and stand up New York, and there's all these like, yeah, yeah. Insomniac was was brilliant because it's. I feel like Insomniac in a way was one of those precursors to like what a podcast could be because it was just like a comedian kind of doing something, being funny in real life or being yep. funny conversationally with random people is 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 pretty it, brilliant. Yeah, so. you're right. And I but, but I did always love how it started out like with him at the comedy club. Yeah. Doing like ten minutes. And it just goes off. So you get uh, it. So I you come. It. You can come in any episode and like get his sensibility, and then he goes out and. I know and he, he is then, the best. I and, love that guy. And then from there, I mean, like, just uh, I, I love John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, He's amazing. His his record, I think it's the only one he has. Out, I opened for him on that incredible. record. Really? Yeah, that was. An, oh God, he's so good. Yeah. He is just my one of my he, favorites too. I love how strawberry slow. alarm clock. <laughs> I love how slow and just. And he takes the time to kind of tell the story. He tells fantastic stories. Oh, he does. Burbigly is another guy like that. Packed with jokes, though. Oh my gosh! And you know? and he has this kind of like yeah, old, Burbigly, of old like he has this kind of old timey vocabulary. Yep. That kills me. Paul, not thought, for nothing. Uh, I love Kyle Kinane. He's always the guy when I when somebody's like Kyle. show me because I go on tour with a lot of people and they're like. You know, on board, show me. They know I'm a comedy fan. They're like, show me somebody. Who I should know. Kyle Kinane is always the guy I go to because yep. nobody knows him, and I think he's freaking... He's kills amazing. Me. Yeah. And I, I got into him because of Patton. He opened for Patton on a couple mm-hmm. of shows that I saw. But Patton Oswalt's another guy that I, that I love. Love. Uh, I, I just can't... I, yeah, I can hear that guy read the phone book, and I'm, it's cracking me up. Um, oh, because he has he, a great voice. Because he goes... I, I love the more specific comedy gets, the more I'm like... I'm losing it. Like, like that. Like, even if I don't get the reference completely, yeah. Like kinda, I know what you're and, saying. And Patton kind of goes down this. Oh, like, he writes until he just oh, can't. Anymore. And you don't. You're like, how can he have any more breath 
in his you know like in his lungs because he's just the sentence keeps going and going and going yep. and going and going before and then before you know it like you know it it's just it's un- really like unbelievable. careful writing it's just yeah you know I, you're totally right and that's what I want to do with my comedy more is like get just more specific because it's just laziness on my part I can sit down and if I just sat down and wrote more specifically right. it gets so much funnier when I do do that but it's so hard to do that yeah but those guys are just I mean, they have great work ethic. And they've been doing it forever, and they figured it out. Like, yeah. If you listen to, like, like early, early Patton stuff, like... Right. You, you could tell that he was figuring that out, but, like, this... I mean, he, he's doing, like, a new hour every year, and it's just, like... He's he he's just a honed writing machine. He is, and I'm I'm so like in awe and inspired by that dude. Me I'm not too. even a comedian, and you know, and uh, so where do you go from like not doing comedy and not or coming back and doing like those open mics and not not really feeling it? Like, how do you push yourself to go? Did you go to New York after that, or did you go to L.A.? I I did. I, so I got back into it in like 2005, and then. Um, and then that next spring, I went and auditioned for Last Comic Standing. Cause, oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Because you were on there twice. Yeah, you? the first time okay. I was on it was in, yeah, 06. And my friends were just like, the, the bunch of guys from Kansas City were like, we're going to rent a car and drive to, uh, I guess it was, maybe I had been doing it longer than that. That doesn't seem right. I think it was like a year and some change that I had been doing stand up. And we drove all the way from Kansas City to Chicago. Okay. And um, so waited out in the cold, and then I auditioned, and I got through. That's a, and you didn't have a manager or anything at that mm-hmm. point. It was just because no. I, I mean, yeah, it didn't really seem like that happens. No, especially it on the last happen. one. No, it doesn't. And I think there's been like, there's me and Stucky and Murray or two yeah. guys we had on my podcast that they got through in the, while incredible. waiting in the line. And then, like, another check. But it's real rare. Did you get on the, the second time, because like, through a manager? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had and because you've done... You mean you yeah, I had done it before, before so. yeah. And, and that's how all of Because if you works. look at... Especially the last, like, little batch or whatever when you were on there, they're all, like, people who had... I was like, I've Cute been a fan things. of you for years. Oh, or, you I showed know. up at the... The first time I did it, I showed up at the hotel uh, in L.A. at the semifinals, and I'm in the lobby, and I see Doug Benson, and I was like... <laughs> Who the f- I was like, oh my- I went up to him like a fan. I was yeah. like, I'm a huge fan. Like, what are you doing here? And he was like, I'm on last time we say it. I'm like, I'm competing against you. I just made a list. I I told him this. I go, I, I worked I was working at a call center at the time for my school asking for money from alumni. And I was making a list of my top ten favorite comedians and I was like, You're on you were on my list that I made yeah. last week. He's like, What number am I? I'm like, it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds eight. exactly like something you would ask. But uh, yeah. yeah, and so it was. It was crazy being with like these people that I didn't stand a chance against. But it was a really great experience. Was it this last cycle? We're gonna call it that because it, that's what Tyra calls it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was the last cycle was it? Was that the one like Jimmy Pardo was on? Was Jimmy Pardo on there? Oh. Were guys like that? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I beat out Jimmy Pardo in Chicago. Yeah. That was well. The it, worst. it makes a little sense because he's not your normal comedian because he doesn't sure. I mean he doesn't really have written bits as much as he just goes up there and right but me getting through over Jimmy Pardo is a that fucking dude, it makes more sense it makes more sense as far as like a, from like a TV executive standpoint yeah. oh I mean it was totally because they want totally jokey jokes and they want a young girl like my story was like yeah. pretty good because when I went and auditioned I they go Nikki we really like you but you know I, we don't think you're ready and I was like okay and then I like put the mic st- and I was like that's fine while like, you're that's on all stage like, yeah. you're like okay I was like okay and I walked off the stage and as I'm walking off 
I heard one of the guys say the, the one of the judges say to the other judge like oh, I don't know I really liked her I could just hear them say that and I don't know why I did this but I went back to the microphone and I was like you want to hear another joke and they were like okay go ahead wow, so I did balls. another I know Way I don't know who that is and then I did another joke and they were like okay we'll see you tonight well you saw like an inkling of like yeah, a cheater saw... and so you, you jumped at yeah, it yeah because they were both like I like her but it's just not enough experience and I lied I t- told them I've been doing it like three years and I think I'd been doing a year and a half and they didn't even think three years was enough so I really got in <laughs> and then I, I went and then I had to drive I, I got past so that night I went to the showcase and then I was and then I was the only one that of us that got through uh, that one. Oh wow that was a rough ride back especially because I was so hungover the next day because we partied pretty hard well yeah and I was puking out the van as we were driving down the highway. And there was no sympathy in the van for me. They were like, fuck you. You're going to Hollywood. And they, there's like a videotape of it somewhere, which I hope always stays. Not. It, it's going to come out. I hope it doesn't come out. I'm just going to let you know now oh, how God. Hollywood works. It's going to come out. Oh, God. Uh, Dustin Kaufman has it. Keep that to yourself, Dustin. So, yeah. So then I went to L.A. And then I got I got kicked out of the show, as I should have. Did make it to the top ten. Um, but then Wh- I went Which back season was this? The this first one? This is season four, yeah. Okay. Uh, the That's first the one that Doug Benson was on? Yeah. Okay. And then he did it again. He got kicked off too. But mm-hmm. then he did it again the next season, season five. Okay. And then I did it season six. Okay. But he got really far on season five. That's the one that Yeah, because he was like the fifth or sixth. He was in like... Yeah. Maybe or something. Because he, he has a bit about it or whatever. Yeah, he finished. Yes. Um, Which is great. I mean... It's not one of those things. It's it's kind of like American Idol, where it's one of those things where you it's a great exposure. I mean, that's what it is. You, you mean, can stamp it on on something, you totally. know, like a poster or something. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Did you get the Tonight Show through that? Um, do you think, or was that totally? Just... Because the first time I did it, the judges were the bookers for the Tonight Show, so I started a relationship with them there. They like they loved yeah. me because of the whole "Can I do another joke?" thing. And but then I didn't get on the Tonight Show until you know three and a half oh, that years like? later. It was crazy. It was fun. How, how many years have you been doing comedy at that point? Three years? Mm, three or four. Because that's yes, crazy, too. I mean, it was crazy. I was. I think I was the youngest person to... No, youngest girl. I'll say youngest girl. Okay. I think that I have that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was insane. I, I mean, I've told the story before, but I didn't... I didn't know I was doing the show until... The, that morning I, I woke, got woken up at 11.30 by a call I was like hungover I, I, there's a lot of I'm hungover a lot I'm hungover today do you have today. a problem that we need to talk I about I probably do no um, but I, I'd been out the night before like whooping it up pretty and I was going through a bad point in my career I was like what am I doing in here I was broke I was like babysitting and temping I was like the night before I'd been crying in my car and then I got an, it, it was so weird the night before I did this night show it was January 26, 2009 I was leaving an open mic and I was crying in the car with my friend like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Oh, wow. And then I got a, uh, an email, which I don't think I had emailed my phone at the time, so I don't know how this really went down, if you ask me. But um, but I got it. I think I got an email uh, from Jimmy Pardo asking me to open for him in Seattle. And I was like, my life is back on track! I was so Seriously. excited. I was like, let's go celebrate! Because at the time, I was the biggest fan of Never Not Funny. Oh, yeah, you yeah, could yeah, imagine. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I loved it. So I, I've kind of fallen off the track since then, but um, I, 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 I love Jimmy Pardo. Oh, yeah. And I had a kind of a weird interaction with him at first because of the, get you know, beating yeah. him out on the show. I felt like we had some weird tension that I made up in my head. So I was always, yeah. like, weird around him. And then finally he, like, he knew I was a fan of the, the podcast, so he asked me to open for him. So I was like, my life is back. So I was like, <laughs> let's go celebrate. So I got real drunk, and then the next morning I woke up to a call at 1130 from 
the Tonight Show, and they were like, can you be here? We had a dropout. Can you t- fill the spot? Wow. Can you be here at five? And I was like, yeah. You know, I was like, okay, let's do it. Because I had been, they had been considering me for a while because I, I had to sub- submit a set and get it approved. Right. And it, t- it takes, you know, years because they're just like, okay, good. That's, we like that set, but you have to take out that joke. And I'm like, okay, I'll take that joke out. And they're like, no, we need to see you do it again without the joke. I'm like... When's that going to happen? Uh, in a couple months, we'll come out and see it. So it's like a very oh, slow yeah, process. Yeah, yeah. So finally they approved my set, and they approved my set a year before. So I was just like, I'm never going to be on the show. And it was, the clock was ticking because Leno was supposed to be out for the first time. So I was like, I'm never going to do the Tonight Show. And then they called me, and uh, and I didn't even remember the set that they approved. I had forgotten. I hadn't written it down. I don't Did write anything down. Did you have them down. send it to you? No. I luckily had a DVD from that night, which I never... Record your set. I never do, but that night there was like a DVD for some reason because they they make them at that Hermosa Beach Comedy Club, uh-huh. and so I I I went and I I went to go get my hair done and then I went to go find an outfit and then I showed up at my apartment and I like was scrambling to find, I didn't even shower I just had my hair done <laughs> I didn't even have time to shower that day I found and I found the DVD and I watched it the car pulled up I I thought it was like <gasps> and then I heard Hong Kong and it was like the town car to pick me up to take me no. to the studio and so I watched it on my laptop on the way over to the oh show and I memorized it and I, I got there and they were like do the set and I was like I just stood there and told the bookers the set and they were like okay it's good I was like thank god I don't know what I would have done oh I my really gosh don't. yeah it was it was crunch time that's insane uh-huh. And it was good that way because I didn't have time to get nervous. I would just I guess so, yeah. It was just kind of like it happened real suddenly. This is exciting. Uh, you guys, I just recently graduated from college. Thank you. Thank you. It's like three years ago, but I'm still riding that wave. It's pretty sweet. I actually, uh, I played college basketball uh, for the University of Phoenix Online. Um, it's a fantasy league. But we beat ITT Tech in the finals, so that's all that matters, right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You guys, I recently discovered this website where you can log on and you type in your zip code and it gives you like a list of like every sexual offender in your area. Do you guys know about this website? MySpace.com? Awesome. Use it. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Who else was on when you were on? Uh, Rain Wilson, who I called Dwight. Uh, when I met him uh, on the like after my set, I like walked over the as couch. A joke? No, like I, I literally <laughs> walked over and he was like, "You can hear it if you see watch the clip." Yeah, I, I think that if it keep, I walk over to the couch uh-huh. and I shake Jay's hand, and then Rain Wilson was like, "Fantastic set," and I was like, "Thanks, Dwight." <laughs> And I didn't even, he didn't say anything. I, I just like sat on the couch and I was he like. Probably, he probably gets that all the time too. Uh, yeah, I assume, because he is so Dwight. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the musical guest, I was second billing. Musical guest, Hoobastank. No. <laughs> best show ever. <laughs> also known as the yeah the best tonight show. I think I think after that they talked about just packing it in. I yeah, mean, I mean else? how you can't get better than Nikki Glaser, Dwight, or Ray Wilson. <laughs> I did it again. Oh. And Hooba So you, wait, did you know you were gonna get called over the couch? Like yeah, I, so it yeah. used to mean something mm-hmm. on the show. And they were like, if they have time, he'll ask you a question. You'll do like another bit, but they didn't oh have yeah, time, yeah. So that's always a bit of a letdown when I see a comedian I like being on panel and they're just doing their bits. Yeah. And you're kind of like, you'd like them, but okay. it, that's the way it has to be. I, you and have I, it go, it I makes mean, Louis C.K. does that. I know. I you know? know, it's like, it even make, though he makes it look so natural. That's another guy I cannot believe I, I didn't mention. But I know, Louis I know. C. I was going to bring him up because I knew that you is were. unbelievable. I know. He's um, 
Yeah. I saw him do an hour recently uh, working out his new hour that I guess he just taped that's going to be available yeah. on his website. Um, How's that? Is, well, I mean, he's always amazing. been my favorite comedian. He's always, like, uh, he's made, I saw him probably in 2003 or four at Stanford and Sons in Kansas City, and he was down and out. I mean, he was broke and yeah. in a bad place. Yeah. And I just, and I had never heard of him before, so, and he, I never laughed harder at a show until, I literally, I never laughed at a comedy show that hard since then. Since that moment, and until I saw him, and, like, and I'm very jaded. I can't, I can't laugh at comedy anymore. I don't right. like watching stand up really unless it's like greats. Yeah. You know, or my friends. I don't watch. I can't sit in the back of the room. It's really infuriating for me. And but, and I was even going to his show begrudgingly, kind of like, uh, my friend had a free ticket. I was like. I guess I'll go. Like I, I know I would like watch this in my room on, yeah. on my computer at some point. But like going to a live show because you just get so jealous. You're like, I want to be up there. But That's it the, was yeah. the best thing I've ever. He's a philosopher, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Like he changed the way I look. He changes the way I I I, I travel now because I never complain anymore about a flight delay, because of that whole everything is amazing and no one's happy about it. <laughs> You know, where he's like, yeah. no one should ever... Like, yeah. We were on the tarmac for 90 minutes. And it's like, then what did you do? Fly through the air miraculously like a bird? You non-contributing zero? Like, I always, <laughs> whenever I hear people complaining, I'm always like, you non-contributing that's zero. Amazing. It's amazing. That's my favorite... Uh, it, it really has changed the way I look at the world. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't complain about... And I travel all the time and yeah. get delayed. And you won't hear a peep out of me because I go... I, we can, this you, is amazing. That point he makes about like when you used to want to travel to, like from California to New York, it would take years, and you would leave with a bunch of people. And when you got there, you were with a bunch <laughs> of different people. <laughs> Their babies were born, people died. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a like. It's oh my just gosh. he opens I, your eyes right. to shit that I'm just like, oh yeah, God, so true. I'm so glad, it. like, it's such a weird thing to say, but I'm so glad that he has <clears throat> finally getting what he deserves before, like, you know, like, if he had died, like, three years ago, randomly. Patrice! It would, I know. It would, it would have been one of those random things where people were like, oh, no, he was the guy, but everybody just didn't get a chance to know it. Like, right. But now I feel like people are genuinely... Yeah. And he, and he got an Emmy, Emmy nomination. Bill Hicks and, is kind of like, you know, yeah. like, I think, yeah, he definitely has... You're right about that, because Patrice O'Neill, what... Yeah. If you listen to the WTF... Oh yeah, it's it, uh, it's I, heartbreaking. It. I mean, I listened to it when it first aired, and then. But that again, dude's been through some day. stuff. Oh my god. Yeah, I. So sad. That's one of those things what also where I'm bummer. like, oh, I am extremely privileged, like white dude living in America. Like I, I know. I, you know. Uh, Makes you feel like shit. The same thing with the. Uh, Mike DiStefano. Yeah. Yeah. Were you on the show with him? Uh huh. Yeah. That's so he's sad. A friend. Yeah. He's nice. He's a great guy. But you know what? That that. I was happy that he had a little bit of exposure too. Yeah. Because he could have gone before all that. He, it's, it's, God, it's so sad these guys dying. I know. It's sad that, you know. Geraldo, shit. Yeah, he was, because he was, a, he was a judge when you were on there. Yeah, he was. That's crazy. Who I was... met Geraldo when I went to go see Dane Cook in Vegas. I was a big Dane Cook fan. Yeah. 2005. Oh, we all were in 2005. Yeah. And I went to go see him, um, with my, like, a bunch of girls from, uh, when I went to Colorado, we were meeting up in Vegas for, like, a reunion kind of thing. And me and my friend got tickets to go see Insomniac, the Insomniac tour with Dane Cook. Yeah. Dave, I was a David Tell fan. Yeah. Sean Rouse and Greg Giraldo. Wow. And 
we got tickets and we we went to go see them at the House of Blues. And then while we were waiting for the show to start, we got approached by producers and they were like, "Do you? We need seat fillers. Do you guys want to sit front row because we're doing second row because we're uh, taping?" They're like, "There's going to be a camera in your face though," and I was like, "Of course yeah. we'll do that." So. If you watch Insomniac, that special, I'm all over it. Really? People, like, I still get people writing me being like, did I just see you on Insomniac <laughs> laughing at Grinchel? So, um... That's crazy. So, yeah, that was crazy. And then we went to the after... We got invited to the after party where they... It was just kind of like a, a thing. They had, like, midgets there and jugglers. It of course was, like, they did. They're, they're, yeah. So they were, like, taping it for the DVD and, um... And I, uh... Yeah, I met Greg Geraldo that night and that was... That was... He was the one of the nicest coolest guy like I had a great conversation with him he wasn't hitting on me it was nothing yeah. gross about it he was just genuinely like interested in talking about stand up and just friendly and yeah. just so nice and then I, n- I never really got to meet him again after that like even through the show or whatever oh, really? he, was, he was complimentary towards me on the on the show and always was you know encouraging but uh, I never like had a well they all kind of were yeah, that was kind of, that was one of the weird things about the show is that I know they were all nice. They were all just kind of like yeah, mm-hmm. even like Natasha Leggero, who's kind of like all of them have in Killer, all of them have the they're kind of biting in their, you know, and, and they can be kind of harsh job to have. And then they get on there and they're like yeah, that was good. And like, I know. And I was like wait, why is this a thing? Why why are you not more like I know. But I don't know like, that I can do it either. Said, but the only guy that they I don't know if you know this guy, but like the the only guy they kind of like took made like huge crafts on was tony rock chris rock's really? brother i yeah. don't remember that because he made it through the initial round and then i think on like one of the the first time that you could be voted off like they were like that was just not good and it wasn't he, there was no jokes in his stuff he would, yeah. he was going out there and just like setting up like remember this thing and this thing thing mm-hmm. and people were laughing and he's like man that was nuts remember this thing and this thing thing there was another you're guy like, you're, not, you're just saying things who kind of just really phoned it in. It was uh, pretty bad. Paul, Paul F. Tompkins calls it making the sounds of comedy. Oh, God. Instead of, like, actually telling a joke. Paul like, F. Tompkins. He was like, the, the people, and, like, I love it. He he has that mind, though, that dissects every little thing. I feel like Louis is that way, too. But, yeah, he mentioned, like, no, he's like, you can't just go out there. Like, so many people are making careers on going out there, and the way they word something at the end of a sentence, they say it in a certain way. It's not, there's not a punchline there, but people laugh because they think they need to. Yes. And so uh, I think that's amazing. Like the, it's the sounds the of comedy. cadence. The, you, yes. Yeah, I catch myself doing it sometimes. You know, like you kind of hack it up on the road when you wanna when you're dealing with a dumb crowd. That, yeah. Like you kind of have to be like, this is where you laugh, and like you have to be like, ta da. How do you how do you deal with that when you you, like uh, let me ask you this because I do this when I play like, if I can kind of tell if I play like a starter song at the beginning of the set and I'm like okay, they didn't really understand where I was going with that. I don't think they're gonna understand x or y song later do you uh, kind of do that with jokes like i don't think they're gonna get this next joke yeah oh i totally if they didn't understand that one, i edit all the they're time they're not gonna know this because one. yeah when i go on stage i mean i have an idea of what i'm gonna do but i don't have like a plan where i'm like i gotta stick to this it's just kind of i feel them out and yeah, yeah. there's definitely times where i'm just like nope but you know what a lot of times i'll be like no i am gonna do it because fuck you yeah for being dumb right and not knowing that and then People just like a lot of times they take me so seriously where they're just like, "Are you serious?" Gross. Like I get girls going gross. Yeah. Or like, oh, because a lot of it's like shitting on myself. Yeah. Or like saying that people said mean things to me, which I'm like, no, actually, I wrote that. You can play up. Like, like, the germ of an idea comes from something, but you're like, what if I took this take on it and said that? That would be hilarious. Right. That's what. That's where all. 
art form stuff comes from it. Everything's not autobiographical. People are so uh, stupid. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And uh, how, how do you deal with that? Do you, when, when somebody kind of heckles or talks and you're just, maybe not even heckles as much as just is kind of annoying you. Do I you, get, you, I had it last night. Do you, okay. I totally, I just go. Do you feel like uh-huh. you're giving it power if you, if you. Yes, acknowledge refer- it. Yes. I don't okay. ever, I rarely like will be there are times when I'm bored with my own acts I'll be like what'd you say like just like <laughs> yeah. trying to be like yeah I don't people love that yeah and and sometimes funny stuff can come from it I'm not that gr- like I I'm okay at crowd like it's a skill that I don't really care to hone because right. it's, where's it gonna really take me but um but people people love it I love it too when yeah, I see yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's fun but like last, last night, night there was some guy I went on stage and I was like I don't know what I said but he just goes like I go, I'm feeling good. And he goes, you looking good. And I was like, you're on a date. I was like, your, your boyfriend is coming on to me right now. And I was like, you're very secure with your relationship, clearly. And then he just kept everything I said. He would just be like, yeah, you are. And I was just like, oh my gosh. seriously, shut the fuck up. Like, I just I just said, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And I do it in a night. Usually what I do is, like, I go, like, oh, my gosh, that's so nice. Shut the fuck up. Like, I say it yeah. under my breath so, like, you know, it's it's kind of diffuses the thing but i get the point across like yeah. shut i i wondered about that because you are a pretty blonde girl mm-hmm. getting up on Thank stage you. i and... can't believe i just go mm-hmm. oh god <laughs> no but that, you under- i hope that microphone you're that so self- i hate myself. you have to be self-aware enough to know um but maybe you hate yourself enough or you don't see it. i don't know i don't uh, hate myself thank you i, <laughs> no, I think i'm all right you are very attractive thank you and and you get up on stage and you're opening yourself up in a way that's that's got to bring like that's almost on paper that's like douchebag bait for like girl spotlight what up girl spotlight yeah, hey funny girl happen as much really as you think. okay because it's I, mostly drunk I guys I think that's you know as soon as people's right. inhibitions go down then they, I wonder what people <laughs> yeah. think um, but and that's why I try to come out of the gate like joke 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 so they're like oh she can write a joke yeah. and then they shot yeah, yeah, yeah. and like I know what I'm doing. As opposed and then you to like kind of relax doing, a little bit, pull back, and, and then kind of, I can get into like more personal or like more fun bits. But like I like to start off just like hammering jokes, just so I can just prove myself because I think they first think like, oh god, this girl's yeah. gonna be funny. Because I, I wondered how how much of a problem that was, uh, and I hope you took all of that as a compliment because I know some. So. That you called me pretty. <laughs> I'll I'll take no, okay. it. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask because. Of uh, you do have this podcast now, which I do want to plug because it's it's great and Thank it's you. it's very it's very laid back and conversational. Yeah. Which I I once again on paper like I don't think that that makes sense because you think everything has, needs to have an edge, but like just you guys like you and your friend Sarah is also very funny comedian uh-huh. comic writer. Uh, it's very conversational and it's very <clears throat> story like very story oriented. Yeah. But you on stage is very, you tend to be like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, joke, done, next thing. Yeah. Do do you find, like, once you started doing the podcast, that you've shifted into more storytelling? Um, like, humorous stories instead of just sticking to that? Yeah, it's interesting because I, I like uh, I like the podcast for that. It gives me an outlet for that kind of stuff that I've never really, I'm, I'm too scared to go there on stage because I feel like I... I don't like not getting laughs. And right. so it's it's risky to tell a story because there's a lot of silence yeah. involved when you're working out a new story. Oh, definitely. Eventually, yeah, you want to be at a Mulaney level to tell a story that... Or like Birbiglia, that dude tells that a ridiculous That is just punch, punch, you know, punchline yeah. after punchline. So, um, yeah, there, there have been some things that I've come across on the podcast where I'm like, oh, I need to bring that on stage. Yeah. And it's definitely... And be like kind of discovering 
who I, that I can be funny conversationally has been like yeah. it's been a learning experience through the podcast that I'm like oh I'm I'm not just like a good joke writer like I can be funny riffing or just yeah yeah, yeah yeah so it's given me confidence in that respect totally I, I love it it's it's so it's almost more fulfilling than stand-up in a way because it's like you because we do have an audience there so I'm getting that validation and I get to be myself and uh, I feel like people get to know me, like me, me, like my fans have a way, because that's always what I want to, like when I, I like it because I'm offering my fans a way to like get to know, I, I hate saying my fans, but like, you it's know, true. people that like my stand-up don't really know me. Yeah. I mean, I let them in once, I, I'm friends with all of them, like I I'm, I kind of don't have any boundaries when it comes to, I need are to Are like, friends now? Oh my gosh. We are friends. Oh, still. But like, I. I need to be better about being like, okay, you like the show now. Yeah. I don't need to exchange numbers with you. Like, I'm really bad about that. Uh, but a part of me, I mean, but, like, that's the thing. Like, when I first became obsessed with Sarah Silverman, I would have died to that she had if she had a podcast. I wanted to know everything yeah. about her. So I think that is something that I like to put out there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I just, I I like being accessible like that. Because you, when you're a fan of someone, you just want to know every little Oh my gosh! I know, and the internet, like the internet, was so in its infancy when I was really in that kind of like formative years of like. Yes, we're just like I will strangle this thing because I love it so much. Yeah, Um, (laughs) that's totally it. You know, and and, and I didn't have that, so like I was the kid who would, you know, I would read every page of of like Rolling Stone or every liner note to Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, and I would start seeing correlations between different people's names popping up in liner notes of records, and 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 like I wanted to know. I mean, I mean. I was I was a comedy fan from early early on. My my dad gave me a tape of Steve Martin, uh, awesome. Wild and Crazy Guy, and I memorized it. And I would I would use his jokes at school in elementary school, yeah. and they would kill then. Yeah. You know the, whatever like twenty five years later, which yeah. is insane. But uh, but I remember like flipping through like the, I got a record of it eventually, and like flipping through and like who are all these people? And I mean the, because I didn't have any kind of outlet, but the internet now is so fantastic. I know. Um, it's almost like when people like ask for like especially in the comedy realm, but people ask for, like, comedy recommendations. I almost want to, like, give them a couple episodes of different podcasts and, like, listen, listen to this. I and... re-listen to podcasts. Do you re-listen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are some if one's episodes, really good... I mean, yeah. I listen to a, Bob Duca. You know, I can... There... When he reads <laughs> oh those gosh. lists, I, I've listened to those tens of times. The one that he did on, uh, the, I guess, the, the live episode of WTF uh-huh. that he did... Uh, Poff Knuckle. <laughs> When, when he said, "There's some I don't bone I, worm." It's one of these things that I've said, I've repeated, and uh, it doesn't ever get a laugh. And I guess it's just a Bob Dukeism. But he said, uh, he, he when he's listing off the list of his ailments, one of them is I think movies are real. I love that. <laughs> he's like, I can't see movies because I think they're real. I have a condition where I think movies are real. That the, just the concept of, it's so funny. I had to I, pause um, it because I was laughing. Oh so my hard god! I, and there's some episodes of I used to. They used to um, a special thing used yeah. to do that podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Up used to that, that was great. That was really good. Man, and he would do some live episodes of like that Benson interruption. That's that where I, I first heard about it. Over yeah. and over, I yeah, loved it. Um, I got a, a comedy death ray CD that came out like three or so yeah, years ago. I it was have huge it, yeah. for me too. I loved it. <clears throat> I got into so many people through, so many. through that way, and 
I think that's where I first heard, like, heard Chris Hardwick do stand-up. And, yeah. Like, heard, like, all these people that I was kind of aware of, but I was like, uh, what other Andy podcasts? Daly. Like, oh, God. Are you I kidding know. me? Uh, that guy's on a different level. He is. I, I love, like, uh, the ones I kind of go to, they deal with more, like, in-depth stuff. Like, I mean, because the, the, there's stuff like WTF and Nerdist that I always go to because mm-hmm. they do deal with, like, the kind of the minutiae and the tools of the trade kind of mm-hmm. more more kind of the story oriented stuff but I, I do I love for pure like comedic to hear people funny people people being funny and riffing like um like comedy bang bang or yeah. comedy death ray it's one of those things where I'll like on the road I'll knock out like five in a row I know. <clears throat> depending who's on it um I'm not crazy about the, the characters that come in but sometimes depending on who it is yeah Bob Duca and like <laughs> anything that Paul F. Tompkins does basically murders me his podcast is great too it is uh and I don't it's so out there I and weird and different his. And I didn't think I liked it until like I realized that I listened to like six of them. Me too. And I was like, oh, I. <laughs> I it took me a while to get through. I kept listening so relaxing to it. Yes. I would go to sleep. It starts off with like the I crickets. I love. The, oh my god! I it's love. It's nighttime on the internet. Yeah. I love that opening where he just talks to you and and he works with the guy playing piano behind him. Yeah. I love. Yeah, yeah. And so I think yeah. that, that's why but you guys were like highlighted on some blog. Okay. Like a, like yeah. A yeah. Listen to the podcast. Like kind of thing, and you you were in there with like all it was. You were the only one that I didn't listen to, so I just. I oh, nice. Off. Anyway, uh, I don't know why I told the story, but uh, no, I, I always like to know how people find. I'm yeah, like, yeah. How it, do you listen to me? And I didn't. It was one of those things where I was like, I don't know if I like this or not because it's a different. I didn't really know what it was. Yeah. But after like then I, and then I found myself listening to, like five of them in a row. Yeah. And it, you know you're a fan of it when you listen to it and you don't know who the guest is. Yeah. And that's, that's true. And, and oh, that's I, really I, nice. I think like the fourth or fifth one in, I was like. You guys, I told enough stories where I was like, I, I really like, you know, just the rapport and the, I mean, it, it is essentially a talk show in Sarah's apartment. Yeah. Because you have a guest and you have the audience and you have a musical guest yeah, as well. Yeah, I know. Which, where did the idea to do it that way come from or just was we it don't, organically? I don't know. I think that was just, uh, we kind of just were like, no one's doing that. And we definitely wanted an audience there because that was what was going to make it different yeah. for sure. And, and it, it really, does. And it really, like, makes us, like, go off on certain tangents that we wouldn't if we didn't have anyone, like, laughing and encouraging that I, sort of I love it the first time that I heard uh, that Mike Kaplan was in the audience. Oh, yeah. And then I realized that he's pretty much always there. He's uh, there all the time. Because <laughs> he'll just pipe in and say, yeah. who, who I, Ted I, Leo I love... comes by Holy a lot. Holy crap, are you kidding me? Yeah, he just comes oh to watch. Gosh, it's are you so kidding, fucking cool. It's really That's impressive. And then, has there been anybody? I want. Yeah, I want to ask. Has there been anybody in the like the audience, quote unquote, that you don't, you guys don't mention, but you do freak out over, like a Ted oh, Leo? Oh, when or Ted, somebody? when Ted was there, we were all like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he's just showing up." Um, That's because inc- no, because I will say that if we have them in the audience, they're probably going to be on the podcast. But yeah. yeah, Mike Kaplan's always there, or yeah, he, he listens to the show. He he loves it. And then, um, but my my biggest like moment where I was just like, "What was like." Having Paul F. Tompkins write me and be like, I love your podcast. Can I be on it? He listens like, to an insane amount of podcasts. He does. And it's so flattering to have that. He's like my favorite yeah. person ever. It's Yeah, it's cool. Like, I, I, you just you hear like... You have to like start your own thing. Like, that's what we realized. Like, is, you can't just like... That is seriously... Are bullshit. That is seriously like the, the most amazing... Uh, thing about the age we live in is that this like if you're any kind of artist like you don't have to wait for any kind of gatekeeper to to let you through you just get a flip cam get a microphone whatever and just start and doing just do it. something and if it's and, it, and it's gonna suck at first and it's gonna be hard at first but you'll mm-hmm. find your footing and like and it's yeah, it, you'll it's run with easy. it yeah. like i've just started i've been i've been doing this podcast since march i've just started having podcast listeners show up to my live shows awesome which is such a 
Do I have, have to find myself. What's what do you? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, I, I tr- we honestly, need to talk numbers. No, no, no. I edit this thing, so. Okay. Uh, uh, but there, uh, it's probably around like a thousand downloads. That's thing, great. Which is great for something that I for an episode. Yeah, which that's is some, awesome. Which is something that I I don't really push it. I tweet about it, and that's it. And I mean, I have a, a blog with with everything posted on it, but like, it's so bare bones. I barely even look at the numbers because I'm like, I don't want it. This can completely become my life if I let it. Yeah, like, but it's just something you do because <clears throat> it's it's something that, like I'm I enjoy, you know, and I, I talk all the time anyway, so I might as well like record it. Well, you're really song. good at it. I don't. I'm I do a shit ton of podcasts. It, it's just one of those deals where I'm like, I don't really. Like, it, 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 I'm not trying to fit any kind of specific format. I just wanted to talk to people who are cool people who are doing creative yeah. things. Well, you're really good at and... it. I will listen to oh, it for sure. <laughs> thanks. You're good. I do. I uh, I don't want to keep you forever, but I do want to ask about your experience. Oh, yeah. yeah, we have to. The get aforementioned, to... <laughs> we teased it. They're listening because we. What, what happened? Them. I. Um, well, before I got here, I tweeted, like, I'm going to be looking for Taylor Swift, because yeah. I'm a huge, I It's very possible Swift. that you run into her, too, by the I way. hear that. I love Taylor Swift. Um, t- The contingent of Nashville is, we love Taylor Swift, because she is, she's like, she came from here, she... And she's staying I mean, she, here. She really, she loves Nashville, she's so good in Nashville, she loves it here, like, she's been a 14-year-old pounding on the doors, I mean, she was a 14-year-old pounding yeah. on the doors, like, with her demo Literally. tape. Like, saying, like, I believe in me, you should, too, and, like... Her story's amazing. I mean, she's so. incredible. And I think that she... I just wish that she were around when I was in high school, like, had been, like, yeah. this voice. Because we had Britney Spears to look up to. Yeah. But she's, like, reading her diary and these songs. And, like... She's a good writer. She's a good writer. And she really puts it out there. I mean, I want to be, like, the Taylor Swift of comedy. Like, I just want to put it all out there and, like, talk about, like, boys who have wronged me and, like... You know, that... People That's the asked me the other day, like, who do you want to be musically and... I was like, I don't, I don't, but now I know. I want to be Taylor Swift. I really look up to her. But she puts it all out there and she's unapologetic. I mean, maybe she's a little apologetic, but she doesn't, she doesn't pull any punches. That fucking song, Dear John, I was about, about to John Mayer. Holy shit! It's so good. It's so I love good. how it takes its time. Oh. And every, like. It's really long, too. Yeah. Oh, it's, man. But, like, you have to listen to the whole thing because she packs some punches. Oh, because I know exactly, like, I we've all had that relationship too young where a guy fucks you over. And it's not really his, I mean, he, he probably, yeah, she was too young to be messed with. That's her line. Uh, but, you know, you can't blame him, dress. really. The girl in the Cried dress. Cried the whole way home. Cried the whole way home. She wore a dress for you, John. Oh, God. John, oh. why would you hurt her like that? But, no, like, I, I just, I love that. So I just love her. And and so, anyway, I've been looking for her. But I was at the Starbucks. I was getting some writing done. Uh, the one on Hillsboro. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's their yeah. that's their Starbucks. Oh, it's supposedly. known? Because it, it is a ritzy area over there. I was over there because there's a Trader Joe's that I went to. Oh, to- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was there, and I was I was there so many hours and just getting nothing done. And then I was going to leave and packed up my stuff, and I'm walking out the door. And I'm about to walk out the door, and I see this girl. I'm like, she is gorgeous. I was like, she looks so like Nicole Kid. Oh, my God, it's Nicole Kidman. And then I saw Keith Urban right behind her, and I kind of, like, had a, one of those moments with Keith Urban, like, are you going this way? I'll go this way. Like, we had really? that. Yeah. And I made eye contact with them, with them both, um, which is awesome. And uh, they, and, but I did the dumbest, like, I was on my way out, but I just stay like, I just stopped walking out, and I, like, went back, because I was like, what, I started shaking. Like, I was like, get your life together. I, th- I felt, like, nervous being in their presence, 
And I was like, what do I do? I was going to take a picture, but then I was like, you know what? I'm going to respect. I'm not going to be that person because I want to be that so- someone someday. And I won't mind if people take pictures of me, but I feel like as someone who would like to be in the spotlight, oh, I yeah, know yeah, it would yeah. look pretty stupid of me being like, Ooh. like, and they must know if you're taking a picture of them. Like, you know, well, a little, like... Did you gauge, like, the, like, how the room shifted when they oh, came Oh, the in? room shifted. Royalty walked in. Yeah, it was, like, everyone knew they were there, but no one did anything about it, which is cool. Like, they can exist That's within Nashville. this bubble. It's cool. Everybody wants to be cool, and everybody wants... Nobody wants to be a fan. Right. Period. Right. And so it's fantastic. Like, oh, I, it is good I've been that. in rooms like that where I'm, like... There's something weird happening, but I don't know what it is. And, and then, then you look up and it's... Oh, oh, hey. Like I've done, And it's oh, been just see. people like, on the way, I was going to say, I don't want to run out of battery power. Let me plug this in real quick. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No problem. I just realized um, that this is not plugged in. Did anyone but, tweet uh, a question for me? No. Those bastards. <laughs> mainly because everybody's so used to me talking about And mainly musicians because they like, looked at my feet and they were like, she's racist. <laughs> it was like right at that time. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so oh sorry. Gosh. No, no, no. Have you Gloria thought? of Kane. Oh, she listens You to just me. let the hair of Mr. Peeper. She, she's been through enough. Oh, Nikki. my God. I know. She's what am I enough. shitting on Herman Kane's wife what are you for? Doing for? Uh, no, that's shit like that where I'm like, why would I do that? That would be really her. I would never want her to see that. Like, I've tweeted some of the Kardashians. Do you think she looks herself up on a No, on I do not. But why put it out there if, if I wouldn't think that maybe she could? You know, like, of well, course. Well, that's just could. one of the the cruxes of I Twitter. Know. Why is it, you know? Oh, that's amazing. Right. Well, Nikki Glazer, thank, thank you, you so thank much. Thank you for coming Nick. on the oh, podcast. Gosh, it was really fun. Well, that is the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to check out Nikki's stuff, you can do so at nikkiglazer.com. Or follow her on Twitter at Nikki Glazer, and Nikki Glazer is not spelled with a Z. Uh, it's an S in the in the Glazer part. So the more you know. Uh, as well, check her. Please check out her podcast. You had to be there uh, at iTunes. So thanks for listening once again. For who writes this stuff? My name is Nick Flora. Have a great week. Oh,